0: Welcome to Hablamos, Conversations on Teaching, Learning and Bio-Multilingualism, the podcast of the icme Project at the University of Nebraska-Lincoln. As is mentioned in the name, the main goal of this podcast is to embrace multilingualism, so we are going to have conversation around this topic in the classroom and how teachers can support bio-multilingual development. I'm Araceli Lovato and I will be your host. So I hope you enjoy today's conversation. Welcome to a new episode of ICME Podcast. Today we have Dr. Susana ibarra Johnson. It's a. It's so good to have like a Hispanic name that I can pronounce like super correctly. <laughs> no, like, usually with the English name, I'm like, oh, geez, I don't know if I pronounce it well. But I'm 100% this time that I said it right. <laughs> right. So we are very pleased to have heard um, with us today. So as always, I uh, we start our podcast um, Letting the professor introduce them themselves. So, would you mind to introduce yourself?
1: Not at all. Um, buenos dias. Well, buenas tardes a todos. Um, uh, yes, and I am um, Susana. And the thing is, I right now i am an adjunct at University of New Mexico, which I've been there for six years and love teaching the um, ESL methods courses um, that I teach there. And also, but I am also at Albuquerque Public Schools as a biliteracy specialist, which is um, uh, in particular looking at our bilingual education programs, which you have uh, about 66 in our school district. Um, And so the last couple of years, that's what I've been doing, and um, which has been a great uh, experience for me because as kind of uh, a um, scholar practitioner, being in the field and uh, looking at how um, by literacy development, bilingualism, multiculturalism, and then also um, I've uh, uh, been privileged to uh, co-author a book with um, Ophelia Garcia and Kate Seltzer, The Trans Classroom. Leveraging bilingual students bilingualism for learning and that has been so positive um, In my work um, using the book in regards to for implementation and just really for our students to be able to Leverage their bilingualism and for language development and for learning. So uh, that's a little bit about myself and um, Some of the work that I do uh, most recently
0: Actually, I have to confess that because sometimes when some Professor Richard's like, I would like to be in your podcast. Or like um Cara uh gave us uh gave us last time at least with some professor that we can reach out. So to be honest, I pick <laughs> I pick you because I loved your book. Um I really love your book. I I use it uh in one of my classes. So it's like I really wanna <laughs> talk to her because I I loved your book in the sense that not only you give like the theoretical part about what is language in, but I really love the examples. I mm-hmm. felt that having the the real example examples and not something theoretical for me was like like I love it. And mostly because I'm a new teacher, um, I just graduated, so I don't have so much experience. Mm-hmm. So I have read so many theory, but not actually seeing the seeing the practice and the real examples. So I love the book because
1: of that, I
0: have to tell you. That's great, Uh, great. I really wanted to interview you because of your book.
1: That's great. No, thank you. I I think I know, well, you know, I'm sure uh, you'd be, uh, you want everybody to find out. uh, Wida, when I first met you, that that (laughs) was great that uh, we were um, talking about the book and and, uh, when Kara said. Actually, she's one of the authors, so that's initial help. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so that was that, that. was great. That was awesome, and and I'm glad that you that you brought up the practitioner part because I think of the book because of um, originally um, the the book project took us uh, four years to write actually, wow. almost four years. I was actually finishing up my um, PhD work, uh, my dissertation, and mm-hmm. um, merophelia and um, And one of the big components of it for Ophelia, because she is not that she's not a practitioner, but she uh, or has in the past, but she's very she's written more theoretical books. And Mm -hmm. one of her goals that she mentioned to me was that, you know, uh, between Kate and myself, of course, for it to be um, the practitioner part of it really come out. So that was one of our goals and, and, and with her as well. But she, that was, she's like, you all are on the field in the field and you know what's going on. And uh, so I'm glad to hear that, that for <laughs> you, that, that really came out, yeah.
0: Yeah, for sure. And also, yeah, because I feel that when professors get to the university, sometimes they can get a little bit disconnecting from the field. Mm-hmm. And I felt that that's something that it shouldn't, be like that because mm-hmm. if you are creating these theories and you're creating um these new opportunities actually you need to see if they're working and if, if people it's if people are applying in in the classroom um and in in the field for sure so i'm glad that you like you have the opportunity to combine both
1: yeah yeah that's right yeah that's why i said I'm very fortunate
0: in, mm-hmm. uh,
1: to be able to do that yeah
0: so since you are able to see that what would be um, what would something that you would like to teachers know about multilingualism or something that you feel that maybe no many teachers know or something that teachers know but they can they could forget or uh, like an advice that you could give them.
1: Well, um, for teachers, since uh, I, I, as I mentioned earlier, I really consider myself more of a um, kind of a scholar practitioner where I am in um, more in the school districts and working with teachers. And one of the things is that I've learned these last couple of years um, is that with teachers, it, it's any learning, and in particular, in the work that I do with bi- multilingualism and by literacy is that um, when you're learning new ways of doing things, like for example, for translanguaging, it's mm-hmm. a new approach. And uh, and I tell them, you know, it's a process that you, will in learning the theory of it and then the application. So for example, um, uh, this past year, I worked with a Bite literacy study group and I met with them eight times throughout the year, and we met on Saturdays, and we, we, the book was our foundation, the Translanguage Classroom, and we um, went very theoretical, but then I always added the application part of it. And so I told them, you know, as you learn it, as a, uh, the whole process took us a whole year, entire year for them to understand the theory, but then also how they will apply it. I uh, said so we gave you examples but then how do you, how will you apply it in your context mm-hmm. with the multilingual students you have? with uh you know the context that you have how will you apply these this trans language and pedagogy for example and so i think my advice to them is always because uh, i already have a lot of teachers the next year want for me to continue the study group which i will but you know i am very upfront with them that you know i'm not gonna obviously i will provide uh, ways for you to apply it but that's not the first thing we're going to do like give them strategies like okay you do this and this will happen because i really want them to get a foundation of it so my advice is to really get a good foundation of whatever um new pedagogy or new approach that's you know in in education there's always new um well sometimes new like trans of course it's not like it, it never existed it's just now we're bringing it to the forefront of what it is and how we can apply it in in the school setting as opposed to just after school or um um, in a non-school setting. So I think, I think that, um, my big advice would be that, you know, to always think of things as a process that, you know, you're, as you're learning, it's a process. And then when you apply it, um, use that process that you learned that, uh, um, the fundamental things that you learned about it and then apply it to your context. Don't take what I just, you know, what we have and then, um, um, use it exactly because it's not. It's there's different contexts, different students, um, and so I think uh, throughout this past year, it was great to see that that they're like they would even say, you know, well, in my context, that probably wouldn't work. So this is how I will tweak it. Mm -hmm. This is how I will adapt it to what either the the book said or even another colleague said. And so that, for me, that was uh, one of my goals is for them to be really understand it and then apply it, but in in their own way, you know, and I think in all learning, it should be that way. It shouldn't be very prescriptive that they um, follow it to the T for example. So, um, and, and it's important right now because I think we're, we can, Um, We just spend about a decade of teachers really learning how to use programs and and it, that, that's been hard for me to see that teachers are like, well, well, just tell me what to do. And I'm like, well, I'm not going to tell you what to do. I will show you what I think are best practices, mm-hmm. um, evidence-based, and and then um, you create what will happen in, in your classroom. And so it, it's been good. But again, I have to take them through that process. I can't just do it one time or twice. You know, again, this study group, for example, was a year long one, and we really went in depth and applied it and then kind of looked at the pros and cons. And so it was a lot of uh, deep thinking, and which I learned a lot from as well.
0: Yeah, and I feel that it's something that it can uh, align with ICME goals as well. Since our e-workshops, like one of our main things is our agency, and we feel that uh, mm-hmm. teachers are the experts in their own classroom like what what I have in my classroom it's not gonna fix in the same school district or in the same classroom that you are so that's one of the things that also me works well because when we are teaching the content um we believe that teachers are the experts and we are not here to tell you what you should do but actually what you think that like what I can give you how do you think that it will be the best uh
1: for your classroom mm-hmm. Exactly, yeah.
0: And how are, like, can you name some or small things that you do in those studies group? Or I'm kind of curious now. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, so I think it was um, uh, returning, I had actually left Albuquerque Public Schools ten years ago because I have done some work with the WIDA consortium and uh, the Spanish language development standards. Um, work very much in depth there and uh, and and so at any rate uh, returning back to Albert creek public schools after well about 10 years um, that was one of my the school district really wanted me to look at by literacy what does it mean what what is it that we do? And, and so within it, of course, I was like, well, the way I approach biliteracy literacy is from a very flexible model of biliteracy literacy um, where it includes translanguaging. And so I had to explain it, of course, to my director, the school board, and so forth. And it was, and in doing that, I had written out a proposal. And so, for example, the first time we met um, in October, I pretty yeah, fortunate. I was fortunate that we were able to give them all the book and um, pay them stipends to show up on Saturday and and really discuss this topic and, um, and they were able to, um, the first time we met, I, 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 I did a pre survey um, and a post survey. For my pre survey before we met, I asked them ten questions, and some of them had, were short uh, responses. Where I, I asked them about what they knew about biliteracy, did they know the different biliteracy models? Um, how how would they who who or who was in their classroom? I really wanted to know who, who their students were. You know, were they some kind of bilingual, sequential? You know, just different things that I wanted to know, and, and that really gave me a good base of what um who the teachers were and even at that I started from a very learning community I also went into what goals they wanted mm-hmm. 9 times uh, these times throughout the school year that we and that gave me a lot of them were really wanted to know well how do we do this by literacy development
0: mm-hmm. how do we
1: use trans language in, in the classroom um that that respects the language separation models that they have because they're dual most of the teachers were dual language yeah. bilingual education teachers there was in um about 20 plus teachers that attended which was a big study group but it was it was um well-attended and uh, high interest. And, and so I think that really helped me base my, what I wanted to do with them. And even at that, even when I would plan, because I would always have a PowerPoint to facilitate, but for the most part, um, t- towards the second part of the school year, um, they, it was very, it was led by me as a facilitator, but they would take over it. Like, they would be like, the discussions were very, um, um, intense because again um uh, the first session when we set the learning communities a lot of them were I, I i already read the book for example so a lot of them had already in in, in preparation for it or the chapters that we were going to be reading but they were like well i still have this conundrum of how do i do it in this dual language we're we're not allowed in this and that and so that the first two or three months it was really uh, discussions on we're not saying in the you know, as other colleagues that were in the study group would say, well, they're not saying you can't. It's just how do you find a space for it, and 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 feel respectful of of your program model um and and so then um that was great to see them evolving and at, at the last session that we had in april i actually had them do um what I, we call testimonials so they actually re- i recorded their um what they they learned i said well tell me you know if you don't mind i want to just record how is it that this was beneficial for you and what it how did it help your practice and and they all of them were able to to express that and um, just for example there was one teacher that that gave I remember this example she said you know at first I when we first started I didn't think it was even possible because I've been trained to do this language separation um, and I've been teaching for 20 years and uh, and I see now the use of and how I can do it. And she gave, gave us an example of how she did it in the classroom, um, uh, how she even allowed the students to be able to respond, um, even if it was Spanish. And it was English, for example. This example she said was, you know, um, they were counting by twos, uh, by threes, it was second grade classroom. And, you know, I would have them go around the room. It was just an activity she did. And then one of the kids didn't know what... Um, what the next number by they were counted by threes and then i don't I, I didn't know he didn't know what uh how to say nueve in, in <laughs> uh, or uh yeah uh, um nine in 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 english i'm sorry because mm-hmm. it was in english and then she the kids had nueve and then the other kids started saying uh doce and and they started counting but she goes before this study i would have said no 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 doce. remember it's in english so keep counting in english she goes and and or she goes very organically uh, the other student actually started counting back in english and then they started counting back in english and then she goes, <laughs> but it was but it wasn't she goes my point is that they my whole point of it was for them to reach to i think it was up to uh, i don't know uh 100 or so that they this this game that they were playing mm-hmm. my goal was for them to be able the concept of Counting by threes, they were able to do it. Granted, they included some English. They, you know, were translanguaging throughout, but that was fine with me because they got it. They got that. So that's just a little example. But I think you know, it, it was uh, good to see, hear their examples and how they were applying it in their classroom.
0: Yeah, and I feel that the like the most amazing thing about trans languages is like it's something. It's not only the pedagogy but it's something also that um that happens in every day uh, of these emerging bilinguals like mm-hmm. when they're in their homes and what they're in the streets so for, like what the amazing part for me it's like and the like it's promoting that like we have a reper like a linguistic repertoire we are not just our brains not like divided in Two parts, three parts, depending on the language that you know. It's like everything is all together. Mm-hmm. And if I don't know this word, but uh, in English, but I know in Spanish, and I can make sense of it. And in, I said it like in the classroom, like what this teacher was in that they, they they could like count by three. So they already know how to do it, but it's only the language. But mm-hmm. they know the content, the the concept. So. Um, what I feel that it's really hard for for teachers uh, to see that it's like the importance of the language. It's it shouldn't like like inter intervene with the with the concepts or the or the content. And once you get to the goal, that's that's the most important thing. And I feel mm-hmm. that it's it's still hard to to see this in the classroom because of especially in ESL classroom like the focus of for them is like they need to learn English. English, they are here, they need to learn English. Um, and they don't see that knowing another language could be assessed and it's mm-hmm. something that can also um, help to build the new language, but like sometimes they see like uh, something that they shouldn't do it in the classroom. And if they, instead of using their home language, they're using English most of the time even with um, People that they could even share the language, they see it that like that's the, what that's what they're supposed to do instead of using the home language. So I feel like your work and um, and everybody's who is doing the translanguaging um, theoretic part uh, in the field, I, I feel is so important right now because I see it in the classroom how how because I was doing my my um, here is called ELL practicum. Mm-hmm. So I was doing it in, in in my school. And the fact that I speak Spanish, it was like an advantage for so many students. Mm-hmm. And and I see it. And I see it with my eyes like, gee, this is what should be mm-hmm. happening in all of the classroom. So I don't know. It's like, you know, that having that feeling like I know that this works. How can we do it to promote it?
1: <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. I know. That's kind of the... the... <laughs> The, that's the work that we're doing now. I think that's the work that myself, I know Kate and other um, mm-hmm. um, colleagues that are doing this across in, in different ways. And um, I a couple of years ago, I yeah, was at ARA that was in New York City. Um, mm-hmm. I presented on some of uh, um, my dissertation work where I really found mm-hmm. trans-languaging um, because I was actually looking at dual-language um, programs and their Spanish literacy mm-hmm. um, and so but when I would go into their Spanish literacy um, time you know it it didn't look like Spanish literacy it was very um, bilingual and I mean even though the texts were in Spanish for example and mm-hmm. they, they were but what they were doing um, was very bilingual the, the way the students were responding and and so that's how my mentor um, um, and my advisor at the time. He said, "Well, you need to really look to see. If there's something going on here. Why? Why? Even though they know it's Spanish literacy, but uh, and so I started doing research, and that's how I um, came about with Ophelia's work. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was in 2009, and that was one of the first ones uh, to publish the." Um, Um, bilingual education in the 21st century. And and so that really opened up for me. I was like, oh, wow, this is exactly what it is. And some of the um, um, vignettes that are in our book are from that work that I initially saw. So I think that what's important is that it's, um, that now, uh, at ERA, um, um, well, Lupe Valdez was our discussant, and and she uh, pointed out very uh, important Uh, work that we need to continue doing um, is and that that Tatiana Klein was in that um, symposium myself Mariana Castro and Lorena Mancia and she just said that we need to now document to see what the students are doing in the classroom and how are they now um How does it uh, translanguaging affect their academic achievement Mm -hmm. and their language development? Because we know uh, now with content, I think now even with ESL methods and um, I mean ESL um, um, classes and and even in bilingual education and dual language, they're okay with it as if it's used as um, um, like for understanding. Conceptual understanding. But I think more work needs to be done with in regards to um, language development for, you know, uh, whatever language, the Laute or um, um, uh, English, right, in bilingual programs. And, and also to document who are the students that are in the classroom. Um, because it's going to be different for students that, um, like myself, you know, that grew up bilingually, whereas like Mariana Castro, she grew up more uh, with Spanish speaking at home uh, in Mexico. And so that it's going to be different. And, and that's what we need to understand because a lot of teachers, we always want to clump like, okay, these are, but, you know, a lot of our, our bilinguals are, are different and will use um, their multilingualism in different ways in the classroom.
0: And also one thing that I, I like about translanguaging is like you don't need to be bilingual or multilingual to to be able to apply in the classroom.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, monolingual teachers can do it as well. That's the reason why there are so many opportunities to do it and apply it and the different ways that you can do it. I mean, it's an uh, an advantage, obviously, if you share the home language with some of your students. But mm-hmm. it doesn't mean that if you don't speak it, you cannot do it.
1: Mm-hmm. That's yeah, that's true. Yeah, exactly.
0: So thank you so much. Do you, would you like to add something else before we close the interview?
1: <laughs> no. I mean, I think it's thanks for <laughs> the, op- the opportunity to um, to be able to share some of the work that I'm doing. And, and hopefully, um, as we continue to learn more about uh, multilingualism and biliteracy, in particular, that's really my work in biliteracy. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, with uh, um, by literacy meaning more of a flexible model which uses translanguaging, and I think that's um, a model that we still need to expand upon. And, and um, being, I, I, I really this following year I'm kind of doing the part two of what the, the study group is. Um, actually, we're, I, we'll have demonstration classrooms with the teachers and to see really document what is that they're doing. The practice that they're doing, but also, and most importantly, how are the students doing? Um, How are they? Their like, what's their language development? What is their um, their um, kind of the conceptual understanding as well? But then also the uh, the way that they um, implemented uh, the way the students are using it because I think it's just. There's still a lot of work to be done in that, and and the teachers are very willing to open up their classrooms for me to be able to do that, and so um, can definitely share it in the future um, as as the year comes on. I know we're I'm still planning on it this summer, and actually consulted with uh, Ophelia to see some of the ways um, um, that we can do it next year, um, working with the teachers, and she'll be working with us as well.
0: that's great, and we love that you are continuing doing your work um, with Ophelia, and um, we are so so grateful that you have uh, a little bit of time to make the interview.
1: Yeah, yeah, thank you. Yeah, and, and I, I appreciate that, that you're able to for for you to give me the opportunity. So, um, yeah, sure. Thank
0: you for thank you for for let us know what you what is your work and um, your future work. We are very glad about that. Okay. Gracias. Okay, de nada. Hasta luego. Hasta luego.